Hey, everyone. Welcome to Queerly Recommended, the podcast where we recommend queer films, books, TV shows, and more. I'm Tara Scott, and I review sapphic fiction at the Lesbian Review and Smart Bitches Trashy Books. And this week, I'm recommending a holiday romance novel. Yay! And I'm Chris Bryant, a contemporary romance writer for Bold Strokes Books. And this week, I'm recommending a 2022 holiday movie. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear about that because I haven't started awesome. watching any of the movies yet. But before we get going, as always, we just want to take a second to thank everyone who has been supporting us through coffee, signing up for our newsletter on Substack. We have links to both in the show notes. Thank you also for reviews and ratings. We love you all the most. You are the very best. Thank Chris, you. Chris, what's yes. new with you lately? Well, I finally put up my Christmas tree. Yay! So I have this thing where I can never remember if I have a tree with lights that work or not. Like it is a whole oh. thing. It is a whole thing. And I know that sounds really weird. Like, why can't I remember? Because trees don't last that long and mm -hmm. the Christmases kind of run together. Like I can never remember. Like I used to actually used to put up two trees. You know, I'd have like oh. one in the window uh -huh. and then I would have just the regular traditional Christmas tree. And I have like a zillion decorations, like boxes and boxes of decorations, because some years I'm like, well, I think I want to snow my tree and only have blue, you know, ornaments mm -hmm. or woodland creature ornaments, or, you know, maybe I just want to do silver. And then maybe I want color lights this year because I'll go through little stages and it's yeah. like, like, I can't do the same tree every year. It has to be different. So I remember last year, or maybe it was the year before again, time. What is it? I ordered a tree and it never came. And so the company sent me another tree and then they both showed up. Oh, <laughs> So I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And it was one of those where it was like, like a $600 tree and I got it for like $80. Ooh, that's so, what you like to get. Yes. So I put, I put, I have like three boxes downstairs, three tree boxes. And I'm like, there's, and I was like, okay, it's time to put up the tree. So I go downstairs and I'm like, I have no idea. Like I, it is, everything is sealed up mm -hmm. and I do such a good job of putting things back and tape it up. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if this is mine, if I've opened this yet or not. So I grabbed one and I was, I brought it upstairs and I, I opened it up and it was a snowy tree. It's brand Ooh. new. So then I plugged it in to make sure the lights worked before I even put it together and did all that. Um, so is it the, do you mean like, is it one of the all white trees or is it one of the trees that no. looks like it's frosted with yes, snow? Yes, it is the frosted with snow kind. Oh, that it is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. So I spent the day kind of decorating and just pulling everything because it's color lights. So I was just like, oh. So, you know, and then next year I'm going to hate color lights. I'm going to be like, why did I get a tree with color lights? So I'm going to put that one up <laughs> and then I'm going to open one of the other boxes I have and it's uh -huh. probably going to be white lights and uh, not a snow tree. So mm -hmm. it was the perfect, it was the perfect one. And I got to put the ornaments on. And then I, for the first time I used a ribbon around my tree. I ribboned oh, do you it. Like I've it? never done that. Yeah, I really like it. It's really cute. And it's, uh, it's, it's a ribbon that's like a silver ribbon, but it has a little snowman on it. Oh, that's cute. No people. Yeah. So that's so for it is snowy really tree. Cute. It's perfect. It is perfect. And all different and it all works. It looks good. I, I'm very pleased with it. And, you know, I'm old, so it hurt my back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bringing everything upstairs <laughs> and setting it up and then moving it and then, you know, vacuuming underneath it because snow trees put out a lot of snow. Oh, yeah. 
and I'm not used to it. You don't want Molly to eat. Right. And I'm not used to real trees. Uh, I never, uh, we never had real trees. We always had animals, either dogs or cats. And usually that's not a good combo. Yeah. Yeah. So with Molly, I mean, I guess I could have used, but I also have white carpet. So pine needles everywhere. It just doesn't sound fun. And I'm barefoot a lot. So yeah, it's, uh, it can be a mess. We always had them growing up. We had real trees yeah. and that was the thing. It was like, well, what do you do to try to make sure it doesn't shed too many needles right. too quickly? And yeah, you still find them everywhere and you sometimes find them months later. It's like, oh, <laughs> look behind the couch, there's a stray tree needle. <laughs> or you step on it in July and you're like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? Yeah. Why am I being stabbed by this like little wooden? Oh, no. <laughs> so they're unpredictable. So my tree is tidy and uh, yeah, so that's what mm-hmm. I did. And uh, what's going on with you? Well, we haven't decorated yet, but we need to. We usually like to leave our, we usually like to leave our tree and decorations up until around or maybe even slightly after New Year's because we have a white light tree. I like the white light tree quite a lot. And it just like, it just makes you feel warm and happy Mm -hmm. and it changes the home and all that. But very shortly, like only a couple days after Christmas, we have some very nice people that were paying quite a bit of money to replace (laughs) every floor in our house yeah so that's kind of the big thing is we're just getting ready for renos we've been living Mm -hmm. this house for 15 years i've never particularly liked the floors but we were like you know what we're gonna have kids and then we did we had kids and they make lots of messes and oh yeah they like we'll just leave it at that we don't need to get into what kinds of messes we also had dogs (laughs) and those dogs became elderly and unfortunately passed away and then we got a puppy we were like okay 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 when the kids are old enough and the puppy's not a puppy we're going to sort out some things in this house yep. <laughs> and it is time for that. But I still want to be able to enjoy the Christmas decorations. So I just need to remember to tell my wonderful, wonderful spouse, hey, should we decorate? And if I continue to forget, well, he does edit this podcast. And so yes, oh, maybe that time will be the to decorate to the conversation <laughs> will be. Me, I've forgotten again, but hey, Neil, you're the best. Should we decorate? We should probably decorate. (laughs) You know what I'm going to do all day today and tomorrow until you finally send me pictures back. I'm going to send you pictures of my tree and cute ornaments I have on the tree. And it's going to inspire you. It's not going to happen today or probably tomorrow. Because also like, okay, I think we've talked before about how he should be sainted. I, you know, I think that's the kind of person he is. As another example of how much he should be sainted, this is a man who he likes to get up very early and go to bed quite early because he's like he can get shit done in the mornings. He has been flipping his sleep schedule because he is working casino fundraisers for our kids' schools. One of them is tonight. One of them is Wednesday night. So he'll be starting tonight, I think, around six or something and getting home around five in the morning. And then on Wednesday, he has like an 11 to four or five in the morning shift. Wow. Why? I know. What? I know. So that's why we're not talking about decorating today. I was going <laughs> to say, how, how, how do small children's fundraisers go until five in the morning? I don't understand. No, no, no. It's at a, it's, it's at the casino. So that's oh, it a, is at the that's casino. That's a thing that, uh, yeah. So schools will have here anyway. So they have weird. different kinds of fundraisers. <laughs> so sometimes there's the like send kids home with boxes of chocolates to sell. Yeah, to that's what I'm used to. But 
the casino fundraiser is actually the single biggest fundraiser of the year. And wow. so it works out for the casinos because they get to write it off on their taxes. Hmm. Um, but it also means the schools get, uh, I don't know how much it is, but they get like a big chunk of money. And that's what lets them, you know, buy supplies and run activities and that kind of thing. So, yeah, he's amazing because I could not. I would be <laughs> far too tired and it's super like it's so important it's not that he's not going to be tired but he has um a more flexible schedule and mm -hmm. you know we we do believe in helping the schools as much as possible that's absolutely fascinating great. so like for us you know we have a ton of casinos here in kansas city and it's one of the stipulations for having the casinos is that like a certain percentage of of the winnings go towards schools in mm -hmm. the kansas city area Mm -hmm. And so it's like one and a half percent or something. And one would think by now our schools are like made of gold because people gamble. That's what mm -hmm. they do. And yeah, so I don't know that that is actually happening because a lot of schools suffer around here, you know? And yeah. so I feel like somebody needs to look into that. But yeah, we don't actually ever have fundraisers at casinos, but I'm in. I dig mm. it. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, mm -hmm. we just got a notice and. I can't remember it was last year or the year before he said uh, it must have been last year because I think the year before things were still pretty locked down weren't they uh were they last year no no they were not last by year but the year before oh 2021 yeah they were still kind of locked down on yeah so that was it, last year was probably the first year he did it and he was like huh mm. it's not that bad and then looking at kind of the return like I think we're talking more than 10,000 that they get Maybe wow. even around the twenty or thirty thousand mark, like That's that makes great. a significant difference. Oh, for sure, in what a school can do. So, yeah, he's the best. That was a he lot is. of words to say. Maybe the tree's not going up today. But <laughs> hopefully, I'm still going to send you photos because it's going to be inspirational. Yes, I hope so because I want to see it because it sounds super beautiful. I just love it's the idea beautiful. of like little snowmans on this. Yeah, snowmans. No snowman. people. Snow people. No people. That's true. Yeah, we don't know people? their gender. Right. The snow people like on the snowy tree. Right. That sounds cute. Yeah, I'm excited. So, and, and I'm also like, I, I have two secret Santas that I'm in. That's like busy, but fun. It is super fun. So I managed to like every year, one of the things I do at work is like, I'm such a hard ass, but then I'm like, hey, let's all do Secret Santa. And I don't know if people <laughs> do it because they're scared of me or if they really just enjoy it as much as I do. So we're doing um, Secret Santa. And it used to be before COVID, we would draw names in person, you know, in a hat. Mm -hmm. We'd pass it around and we'd all, you know, like pick. Yeah. But since we're all like remote or hybrid of some sort, uh, I just use Elfster. And Elfster, so like, yeah. So I do that uh, for work. And then for the last three years over on my Patreon, we've been doing Secret Santas, which is great. So we got that. I, I always draw the names or I always have Elfster draw the names like mm -hmm. before Thanksgiving because a lot of the Black Friday specials are so good that oh, um, yeah. that you can get a really good deal for, you know, we put a, we put a limit uh, over on Patreon. We have a limit of like 50 bucks mm -hmm. and you can get so much on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So it's just important to to draw names before then. I've yes. learned over the years of being a Secret Santa expert, maybe. <laughs> Is that so, your biggest secret Santa tip or do you have any others? I think that's my biggest tip. It's a pretty juicy one. Elfster really did sort of like change the game too. I learned about it a couple of years ago because I had a boss in South Carolina hmm. 
And she came in and she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This team needs to have more fun. Right. Let's do Secret Santa, right. among other things. And I think it, it was either her or the person that she brought in with her who's from Ohio. So like our team was kind of all over the place. So like she's in South Carolina. She hired someone in Ohio. She also hired somebody in North Carolina. And then some of us were in Calgary. Some of us were in Toronto. And it's like, well, how do you reasonably? One person was in London, like in the UK. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay, how do we do a secret Santa? And Elster right. totally was game changer because we didn't have right. to worry about it. There wasn't the weirdness of like, the administrator has to collect all the addresses. Right. It's all there. You fill out your address. You fill out your wish lists. You know, you can go to yeah. any website, write, you know, and have a link to what you want. And so it's just like, it's just like, it's great. And it also keeps your wish list from the year before and the year before and the year before. Yeah. So you can mark off which gifts you've already received, you know, and it's kind of like, I like to, um, I don't, like lists like i don't ever ask people for lists just because i feel like especially like with my family or like the people yeah. i work with if i don't fucking know you by now you know uh, <laughs> we have a problem so you know yeah. and i've been there forever and i know these people so mm -hmm. um i forgot who i picked at work oh so the person i got at work uh she's mm -hmm. new so oh but i mean here's the deal here's a tip here's here's a here's a tip if you don't know somebody well like mm -hmm. you always have good standards you can have like really cute christmas throws that's always a great gift candles mm -hmm. great gift lotions great gift socks fuzzy socks you know the big mm -hmm. fuzzy no slip socks you know that have christmas decorations on them like a cookie oh, yeah. cutters things like that i mean there's so many things you can buy that for people you don't even know and a mm -hmm. lot of that stuff is on sale you know during black friday and uh, cyber monday and or small, a small business Saturday. So, yeah. you know, it's just so easy. Like I, there's no, like my dad every year, I don't know what to get you all, honey. I don't know. And I'm like, you know what, dad, if you don't know me by now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so plus, I mean, mm -hmm. you could like wing it, just go to the mall and, or go online to get some lotions or something, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. easy. Well, it's if easy. anybody ever gets me in a secret Santa, get those warm, fuzzy socks. Yes. Those that's are the all, best. That's all I those need. Those are the best. It was That's funny. Right. I was, I couldn't, <laughs> I had them on last night and Molly had to go to the bathroom. So I'm trying to shove my feet, these fat socks into boots that oh, it's no. too, yeah. <laughs> so I was in a panic. I'm like, please don't go to the bathroom, Molly. And yeah, uh, yeah so I, I actually shoved them in Crocs, which are so underrated and underappreciated. And I was able to get her out in time. So I'm just saying. Is that Crocs. because they're the ugliest shoes of all time? They are awesome. Crocs are awesome. I love them. I have at least four pair. I have none pairs. I haven't even tried them on. I'm just not See? confident they would make them f narrow enough for my feet. So here's the deal. So Crocs come in convertible and non-convertible, <laughs> which means you pull the strap back. And depending, mm -hmm. I mean, it'll fit. Your foot will fit in a Croc. Yeah, I am so tempted to hold my foot up right now just so that you can see how stupidly narrow my hair. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to measure. You. You're mm -hmm. going to measure like the ball of your foot, the the widest part of your foot. You're going to measure that. I wish I had. I wish I had like. It looks like two and a half inches. I think you're wrong. And I think it's probably more like three. 
So I'm just saying. It might be three. It might be three. Okay. And you'll be fine with Crocs. Look, Karen Callmaker and I know Crocs. Like we are the Croc. Croc queens. queens. Croc queens. Thank you. Croc queens. Yeah. We know something and they are comfortable. So Mm -hmm. we're actually having a Crocathon in uh, Minneapolis during the Golden Crown Literary (laughs) Society. And, um, next june or july whenever it is next summer uh-huh. and we're we're gonna like rock the crocs so to the gala yeah well maybe not that but <laughs> although do, i do have some nice glittered black glitter crocs but uh i think i want to say i did bring crocs and up in the presidential suite when i was you know rocking the jammies i had my crocs on too i'm just oh, saying fun. it's okay mm-hmm. it's fun too it is fun okay yeah so so what have you been reading or watching lately? Okay, so I have been watching a lot of American football, NFL, mm-hmm. and my team is really struggling. We were Super Bowl champs, and then we lost like half of our team. And so now we have we have the youngest team in NFL, which these are babies, you know, they're well, babies, but also they're paid millions of dollars to catch a ball. You know, you should do yeah. your job. And, you know, we have the best quarterback. And so they can't seem to catch the balls that are thrown their way. So we're really struggling. And but I have been watching. Well, also because of my football card, like collection that I've started. Yeah, I have been watching a lot more football just to to keep tabs of who is, you know, best of the best. Did yeah, I tell you an eye on your investments? Right. Did I tell you I sold a card for a thousand dollars? Yes. You sent me the screenshot. <laughs> and I believe my response was holy, holy shit. shit. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So that is a lot of fun for me. So I, I am watching more football for that reason. And you know, I love the British baking show. You know this. But oh, yes, I do. I'm but... very sad. I'm very sad because my favorite person got eliminated in the semi- uh semifinals i'm very sad uh, by that at that point too feels like almost more of a kick in the teeth yes so close to the end yes so so now the next episode will be the finals and uh and i don't mm. give a shit who wins because <laughs> i'm over fair, it fair. and fair, then fair. so i spent i spent like two or three days where i binged a series on netflix and it might become an official recommendation but i Ooh. still have to wrap my head around it I'm not okay. there yet. I still I'm have intrigued. to, I might have to watch it again because I for sure know that I missed a lot. So, Ooh, so I'm it might, I know. So it might be a, an official recommendation maybe after the holidays, because good news, all the holiday uh, gay movies are coming out in December. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to be watching and will this, the next podcast will, will drop before Christmas too. So yes. I'll be able to get, a couple of uh, another good movies uh, to watch and and report back on. So I like it. What about you? What have you been reading or watching? All right. A bunch of stuff. I actually had to take things off my list. There were things I planned on talking about today. And I was like, no, there are too many things. Chris, I have so much to catch up with you on. Mm. So Drag Race UK, we are recording this November 26th. By the time we record the next one, there will be a winner crown. I almost don't care who wins the top three are wonderful it's actually turned out to be a pretty solid season i do have a favorite that i would prefer to win but if either Mm -hmm. of the other two did like fine i would be completely fine with it but drag race canada also started oh Mm -hmm. 
And so far, there are a couple of queens that are so beautiful. Mm. I'm very excited. And they've added a couple of twists to it. And the one twist in particular is very interesting. Also hilariously named. It's called The Golden Beaver <laughs> because, of course, it is. <laughs> I love it. It's like, where can we put in a country specific sex joke? Uh, uh, there it is. <laughs> and so what it means is every episode, there's always there's always somebody who wins, right? Like there's the winner of the episode and they usually get something, either cash or some kind of distinction. And then there's the bottom three. And now what they're doing is whoever wins the episode gets to choose who from the bottom three Ooh. they want to save. Oh, wow. Oh, that's really nice. Mm -hmm. So it's a very interesting twist. And I, I'm curious to see how it goes. If each person will have kind of their own way of using it mm -hmm. or if it's going to be you know, they all sort of get on board with, no, this is how we save people. I suspect there's going to be some fuckery, but I'm here for it. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> so I, I want to throw this in real quick since yeah. we're talking about RuPaul. Yeah. So I don't know, because like a lot of years have passed, but there's actually, when I was going on the list trying to find a Christmas movie, there is a RuPaul Christmas movie called The yeah. Bitch Who Stole Christmas. <laughs> Did you see it? I saw, I can't remember if I saw all of it or part of it. It's uh, very fun if you're into drag race. If you're not into okay. drag race, you'll probably be like, okay. But like, it's just, it's super campy. It has oh, yeah. tons of queens <laughs> from drag race on it. I really enjoyed it. If I didn't finish it, it wasn't because I wasn't enjoying it. It was probably okay. that I got distracted and wandered away and then just never wandered back as I sometimes <laughs> want to do. But yeah, like if you're a Drag Race fan, you should definitely watch that. Watch The Bitch Who Stole Christmas because it's hilarious. I and saw it and I was so excited. I was like, I can't wait to tell Tara. Hang on. There's also like non-Drag Race people in it. If I can go into the correct pocket of my phone. Uh, to see, find we talked about IMDb. pockets. We did. So I am looking at it right now. Let me go IMDb. Here it is. Um... I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Uh, I don't think any of them top casts are particularly famous, but there but there are some like non drag race people that are on it. Mm. And then in terms of like the of course RuPaul is in it, Michelle Visage is in it, and then Peppermint, Brooklyn Heights. Um, <laughs> this is so weird looking at it on IMDB though, because <laughs> For some of them, it will have their drag names. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, it has their like government names. So I'm like, who's Brock Hale? Right. Oh, that's Brooklyn Heights. <laughs> and then I was, I was like, yeah, like I can't. who's Joshua <laughs> Allen Eats? Oh, it's Ginger Minge. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like just wild. Carson Cressley and Ross Matthews. So like the people in the drag race universe. Oh, yeah. Charo's in it. Kim oh, Petras. wow. Yep. And then a couple of like, if you saw their photos, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's that guy. So, yeah, if you're looking for a campy Christmas, go check that one out. I played a video game Ooh. that it was almost a recommendation, mm. but there was a particular gameplay mechanic that I hated so much mm. personally. But also, I don't think it's going to trip everyone up because then my eight year old played it and she's like, why? It's easy for me. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> 
Thanks. Okay, fair um, enough. So it's called Thirsty Suitors. You play as a character named Jala. She is from a, her parents are Tamil from India, but she grew up in North America. And the idea is she broke up with her girlfriend and she has to go home. But the problem with home is that she doesn't have a good relationship with her family. And also she has a handful of exes who are pissed off mm. at her. And some of them are men and some of them are women. One of them is her former best friend who is also a trans woman. And so as you go along, she kind of has to battle each of her exes to mend their relationship. So you're not battling to kill them. You're battling to like kill the resentment, I Ooh, guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so it's extremely queer and there's some really interesting stuff around how she's actually quite lucky because her parents were always supportive of her being queer. Oh, but good. like she has an ex-girlfriend whose parents weren't supportive, mm -hmm. but were also from a racialized community. And so I think the storytelling is actually very, very good. I quite liked the art. The thing that I didn't like is that there's a lot of skateboarding and you have to have better hand-eye coordination than I do <laughs> to beat a lot of the skateboarding challenges. Which means when I went into the final boss battle, I didn't necessarily have as much like as high a level as I could have. Oh. But then my youngest, you know, was like, what? Look at me. And she's like doing tricks on the skateboard. And I like, care. Finish, the, finish it for me. <laughs> I know. I should have asked her that like two days prior. But she got so intrigued and she was like, can I play this? And I thought about it. And it's like, yeah, there's not like it's not like you're cutting heads and arms or anything off and there's no sex that happens. It's all mm -hmm. references to previous relationships. So I actually think this is totally safe for kids, especially mm -hmm. if you have a queer kid who's interested in playing a queer video game. So Thirsty Perfect. Suitors was quite good. I started reading Heartstopper because oh. I haven't watched the second season yet. And mm -hmm. I thought, well, why don't I get the books? And so Love I got this. the books and then that same eight-year-old got to them before I did. She said, can I read it? And I was like, yeah, it's probably fine. Because we, I think I've talked about this a little bit before, but our parenting philosophy is unless there's anything truly objectionable, like we're, we don't really believe in holding back books Good. or films from our kids mm -hmm. because we can just talk to them about it. And she loves Heartstopper. So I love that. Much. She was sitting like she didn't even make it up the stairs to take the book to her room. She was sitting on the stairs reading <laughs> she it. She couldn't wait. She couldn't wait. No, not she wait. couldn't wait. And there were these little like <laughs> gasps and squeals. And we'd be like, what? And she's like, it's just such a good part. But she didn't want to spoil it for us. Because that kid loves love probably about uh, as much as you because you talk yeah. about how you love love so much I, I think you two are on the same nice wavelength she's my kid <laughs> she might be so That's she's sweet. read all the volumes she read them in two days i read the first volume for people that didn't watch the show or read the book it's about nick and charlie charlie is a gay kid at school nick is the jock and he's like mm -hmm. skinny not super athletic but he's a really he's really great at running he's a drummer he's really into music and then nick is the big beefy jock that he's seated next to in homeroom i think it is mm -hmm. and they get to know each other and you know charlie gets a crush on nick but he doesn't you know oh but you know nick is straight and it's like but what if nick is not straight mm. and what if Charlie is his type? And it's so, it's so great. Like I 
quite enjoy the art. And I think it was a pleasant surprise to see how many of the characters, like who they hired as actors, line up really well mm, with who they, they look like in the art. Like the sister is bang on perfect. The mom, I think, quite looks the part like they for the most part i think they 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 all do actually they did a great job on that so i'm gonna keep reading that for sure nice the fifth volume comes out december 19th so that's something that pretty excited about and my oldest kiddo she's 12 is going to also check it out i think nice and now my youngest wants to watch the show and she said mom can we watch can we watch it together and i was and i again i thought about it was like uh yeah yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. So we're going to get it started today. Yay! That makes me happy. That makes me happy. And then I started a Christmas romance. I haven't finished mm. it yet. But so far, I think it's quite cute. It's called A Carol for Carol. And the second Carol is spelled with a K. So it's Anne Roberts wrote it. She's with Bella Books. And it's a second chance romance, but with like older lesbians. Mm. And so... The idea is that there's a neighborhood in Tucson that's called Joy, and it's really known for its like big holiday traditions. And just, you know, a few days before it's all supposed to kick off for this year, Carol blows into town. Carol's grandmother passed away, not like super recently, but she she hung on to her grandmother's house because it was left to her. Mm -hmm. You know, there's property managers that go in and make sure there's nothing wrong with it. But she figures, okay, I'm retiring now because, you know, she's like high-powered Manhattan kind of person. And she's retiring to Florida and it's like, ugh, I just got to get rid of this house. Happens to go on social media and sees her grandmother's house is decorated by like, so it's like Santa's workshop or something. And it's like, <laughs> what is happening? And it's like, ugh, I guess I got to deal with this when I get to Tucson. But... One of the people that she's going to come across is CJ, who she had a romance with when they were very young. So I think there's something really cute there. And I think there's something really special because it's really rare that we see romances with people who have arthritis and are oh, retiring. Right. right. Um, so I'm kind of excited about that one. And I'm, I'm hoping it sticks the landing. But I'm also hopeful that it will because yeah. just, it has that good Christmas spark to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's going to be lovely. And then the last thing, I know I've been going on forever. The last <laughs> thing I'm especially also excited about is actually a short film. So we don't often talk about short films. This one is mm -hmm. not specifically queer, which is why it's not a recommendation. But it's by someone that I know. It's mm. called Apostate and it's by Carmel Michael. And it's a really, really powerful short documentary. She and I kind of bonded a bit over like, oh, you have religious trauma? I have religious trauma. Mm. Well, she made a short documentary that's kind of a protest against all of that. So she was raised in the Jehovah's Witnesses tradition. Mm. Have you mm -hmm. heard of Jehovah's Witnesses? Oh, yes, I have. Oh, right. yes. Right. And so in this film... She talks a little bit about how, like, it was very much the tradition that she was born into and raised into, and much like a, any high control religion, Christian or otherwise, like it's always that's the assumption you are also going to follow in the faith of your of your family. That's what kept me in the church for so long. Mm -hmm. And she talks about how 
unfortunately she married someone who was abusive who was very physically and emotionally abusive and so she did what the church said she was supposed to do which is you know go to the elders and they'll you know do the the counseling because of course you're never supposed to go to counselors outside of the church again this is very similar to what it was like in the baptist church mm -hmm. and i don't think it's going to be a huge shock to hear they basically blamed it on her of course they didn't do anything with him and so eventually there was um a nonprofit that helped her get out of her marriage wow. and she stayed in the church until finally she just kind of quietly walked away well it's been about a decade and the thing that i love about this one what makes it so powerful is she's decided to finally officially sever her relationship with the jehovah's witnesses as an organization mm. because they are so reclusive as a religion mm -hmm. it's not like you can send an email you actually can't there's nowhere to send an email <laughs> there's nowhere to call but what there are is posted physical addresses for mm. kingdom halls and headquarters in north america and so she sent a thousand letters oh wow telling her story of what happened to her as a result of the church doctrine which has not changed mm -hmm. and that this is why she is officially severing her relationship i watched it this morning and i got chills it is so it. fucking badass it's on her website carmelmichael.com michael is spelled m-i-k-o-l i'll send you i'll send you the link chris we'll put okay, it in the show cool. notes too and i think if anyone has ever been harmed by religion it is worth watching i i think you know when you hear jehovah's witnesses especially if you were raised in other christian traditions it's very easy to kind of like roll your eyes and think, oh, well, they're a cult. And it's like, you know, everything she talked about in her experience and all of the doctrine that led to it is all stuff I heard and ex I didn't experience personally necessarily. I was never, you know, in an abusive marriage, but like I have heard all of those things in the Baptist church and in other evangelical churches. And if she hadn't specifically named jehovah's witness and that she was married to a witness and she was a witness and kingdom halls and all that if you take out that specific language i would have thought southern baptist mm. for sure okay. i have so, two things to add to this yeah please do so i need everybody to look up the definition of cult in the dictionary that's mm -hmm. one and two when i lived in california we had neighbors and it was a I can't remember the dad the I was young at the time and I played mm -hmm. with the kids there were three kids and the dad was Catholic and he had a daughter and a son and the new mom stepmom whatever the person he married was Jehovah's Witness and her daughter Jehovah mm -hmm. Witness so mm -hmm. how those two like it was just to see how different it was and like the Catholic kids got to you know do birthday parties and they got to you know to have Christmas yeah. and they got to trick-or-treat and do all the things the other kids did and the other little girl didn't understand she was eight and she just didn't understand why she didn't get to do everything that the other kids in her new family got to do so yeah. i am gonna guess that that marriage didn't last i based upon would. the differences of the yeah. religions for sure I, I like how it even and it's funny because when you're a kid you don't think about that you just think oh that's sad but you know now as an adult it's kind of like oh my god i wonder how that worked you know how that oh, was for the kids for, for even for like like how do you marry somebody whose religion is different than yours 
extremely different i mean i get like you know you can be a lutheran you can be you know catholic you know and and that would work Mm -hmm. but i'm talking about extremes like that's hard good question i mean i know that it would never have been acceptable in my home for me to marry a catholic or kind of anything else really because you know evangelicals believe that there's only one true way to be a Christian. Right. And so if you don't marry somebody like that, like, oh, your marriage is doomed to failure. And I'm not sure how much to get into because it's, it's most, it's mostly my story, but I mean, a little bit of his nails and he had, he did have sort of a, a conversion experience. Cause he actually asked me out mm, a year or two prior. And I said, no, because he wasn't a Christian because that was so important. And it had right. to be like this, you know, a fairly specific type of Christian. Because that was the indoctrination that I had. And mm-hmm. he did kind of look into it because he he cared about me. And we stayed mm-hmm. friends in the meantime. And he sort of came around to where he's like, I get it enough. And I was like, cool. You know what? Works for me. And, and we got together and we got married. And um, through a couple of, you know, I basically stayed until I couldn't stay. There, yeah. There's, in, in my case, I, I couldn't go back. I... I realized I hated myself every Sunday. I mean, it was when I was in the church that I came to understand my queerness. And so when you have sexual sin ministries coming into your church, it's not awesome. Um, And then there was something that happened that I couldn't talk to anyone in my church about. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing with these people? This is supposed to be my community. This is supposed to be the people I can lean on and I can't. And I had to get out because I couldn't possibly stay. I don't, I don't know any other way to put it. Like it it felt like a true survival choice. And so I chose me and my life has been so much better since then. And what was so interesting in getting to know Carmel, because of course, when I found out that she was Jehovah's witness, all those kind of imprinted ideas that I was told when I was in the church came up and I was like, hang on, let's be curious. Let's not default to those things that we were true or were told were true. And I realized, yes, there are some things that are that are fundamentally different from a doctrinal perspective. You know, they don't believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God that should be taken literally as one example versus I was told, no, it's literally true. Like I know people, I might be related to people who think the earth is 6,000 years old because <laughs> of a literal interpretation of the Bible. Right. And I think this was one of those cases where I was like, oh, no, oh, no, the Baptists are playing the Spider-Man meme, you know, the the pointing at each other. No, you're Sp- you're the have you seen the Spider-Man meme? No. <laughs> oh, OK. So it's like three Spider-Mans all pointing at each other and it gets used to basically show the pot calling the kettle black. Oh, OK. So, I mean, the Baptists calling them a cult. It's like, well, if you look at the definition of exactly what you said, go look at the definition Mm -hmm. of a cult. It's Mm -hmm. really about a high control organization, control of thought, control of dress, control of speech, control of actions. Like you have to walk this extremely narrow path. And I was like, oh, boy. Okay. We were wrong about them. Which isn't to say that like, yeah, and everything the everything Jehovah's Witnesses do are okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> and if you want examples of wh- how they're not okay, you should watch Apostate by Carmel Michael. And you but, said it's real short. It's a short, short It's 10 film. minutes. Yeah. Wow. Everybody should watch minutes. it. 
It's so powerful. I absolutely think everyone should watch it. If it were queer, it would be a recommendation, but it's not. So it's still a recommendation, just not my official one for the week. Yeah. Good. All right. Speaking of official recommendations, Chris, what is yours? Okay. So my official recommendation is a 2022 Hallmark movie called The Holiday Sitter. Mm-hmm. Still, I, know. I know i had a reaction when I you first said it. it's so cute That's just cute yeah name. just the title alone is perfect so mm-hmm. uh here's a synopsis sam is a workaholic bachelor who's babysitting his niece and nephew during the holidays completely out of his element he recruits help from a handsome neighbor and soon finds himself in an unexpected romance oh yes. i know everything about that is sweet so sam is this rich manhattan guy who only dates guys once like he's like he's super good looking he gets a lot of dates but he doesn't want a relationship so he so, goes on so he like goes one on dates, one date and that's oh, it so he just so Done. he just wants like one night stands and then that's right basically good. yeah okay right yeah so he is good he's gonna spend the holidays in hawaii like he has a sister and she has a family and he hasn't seen them in like five years his mm-hmm. parents divorced several years ago like 20 years ago so there was never really the core family you know, for get togethers and things like that. So he's super excited to go to Hawaii. And then at the last minute, his sister calls and begs him to watch the kids because they, the surrogate that they have to have their baby is mm-hmm. going into labor and she's two weeks early. So oh. they're like in a bind and they're like, hey, we really need you to to come step it up and be an uncle and, and watch the your niece and nephew and blah, blah, blah. And he's like mortified because the last time he did, he almost burnt down the house. (laughs) So, and they're just like, and he's like, are you sure you want me to? And his sister's like, remember I saved your ass when in high school you did something and I protected you. And he's like, I can't believe you pulled that card. Mm -hmm. So he goes and uh, he goes to, to help. In the meantime, like his sister has this gorgeous, hunky, like gay man living next door to her. And he is also the contractor for the nursery. So everything about this is super cute. And so the family knows him, but they feel awkward. They don't want to ask him, you know, to watch the kids because he's already doing everything else here. It helps them out so much already. Mm -hmm. So they just feel like like they would be taking advantage. So that's why they call Sam instead. And so basically Sam shows up. He goes to the wrong house. He actually goes to the to the neighbor's house instead. It's like like a mix up. Yeah, it's a little mix up. It's super cute. And so it's like, just picture this absolutely adorable, quaint town. You know, it's snowing. There's snow everywhere. You know, everybody's drinking hot chocolate. They're walking around looking at the Christmas lights. I mean, and there are happy gay couples in this movie. So yes. it's it has everything. Yes. And, you know, and but Sam is just like, I can't live this. I am city boy. I am, you know, I want to go back to Manhattan, you know, mm. where there's traffic and lights and just noise and just the the buzz of a huge city. He just doesn't like the the quietness of quaint towns. Mm-hmm. So basically, I mean, the whole story is super cute. You obviously can can figure out what happens. And it's just it's adorable. And and the sister and the husband are trying to get back home with the new baby. And of course, there's a mm. massive snowstorm. So Sam's going to miss his flight or is he, you know, like this whole thing is just going and and like, it's so cute. And you see this relationship developing between Jason, the hottie, which makes me question everything about my sexuality. And then you have, (laughs) you know, Sam and it's fluid. I'm just like, this one is just like super cute. I mean, he's just Mm -hmm. a gorgeous man and just super sweet. Like everything about him was perfect. And he's like, 
he's on the exact opposite. Like he wants a family. He's mm. actually in the process of trying to adopt a child. He's like, I'm never going to find my forever person. So I'm just going to go ahead and start the process of adopting. So basically what happens is Sam hires him to help him be an uncle. And so the money he's going to get is going to help the retainer fee for the lawyer so he can adopt this baby. Oh. So like it's a whole thing. And Sam's like, you know, I'm not interested in this guy, even though he's gorgeous and he's perfect because he wants what I don't want. And then same thing happens with Jason. He's like, this guy's great, but he doesn't want what I want. And then everybody's trying to push them together. And it's just super cute. And uh, the chemistry is there. You know how I'm about chemistry. Well, that's exactly. Oh, I was yeah. waiting to ask. Right. I, if yes. you didn't bring it up, I was going to ask, how is that chemistry? Uh, the chemistry was great. And the action, like just like the acting was just perfect. It was just so, it was so, like you said before, campy. Wait. Oh, a gay Christmas movie with excellent right. acting. Yes. And it Hell actually, yes. I know. And like the cinematography is like great. There's no, like, it's very, very fluid and pretty and it's very hallmarky like you expect. And then I looked up cause I'm like, like, how come I never heard of this movie? You know, cause you know how I am about Christmas yeah. movies and it actually like won two awards. What? what? I know. Like it's that good. So uh, if you love love and it was so funny because I was just sitting there the whole time and I caught myself with that cheesy grin on my face, yeah. you know, where like all my teeth are showing and I'm just like grinning at the TV and then I catch yeah. myself going, what are you doing? That's how and you know. Yes. That's how you know that it's great. And I actually teared up. Like there was a scene where I was like, <sighs> son of a bitch. I'm yelling at the TV. I'm like, you're not going to make me cry. Yeah. So there was a scene that got me teared up. So it's just super cute. I think anybody who like, like loves love and just Christmas movies and gets you right in the feels and like low angst and just, mm -hmm. just two hours out of your life just to, to feel good. I, I recommend this movie. Oh, and get this. Yeah. So I'm listening to the movie and because of all the documentaries we've watched over the mm -hmm. last couple of months. I heard an Amy Winehouse song playing in the background. And I'm like, is that Amy Winehouse? And so I Googled, you know, I Googled up the uh, the list of, you know, the song. I forgot what yeah. was it called? Song list? I, don't, I can't think of what it's called. But I looked at it and sure enough, Amy Winehouse, because I watched the documentaries. Oh, uh, see? I love it when that comes together, when everything comes so together. Good. Yeah. So. So good. So the Holiday Sitter is my official recommendation. And what about you, Tara? What is your official recommendation? Well, what's interesting is that my official recommendation has a similar theme to yours oh, really? in addition to the holiday. Oh, I love it. So I have read my first full Christmas romance Yay! of the year. Yay. It is called Make Her Wish Come True. It's by A.L. Brooks and it's out from Ilva Publishing. I've liked quite a few of Angela's books. I haven't read all. I don't think I'm fully caught up. I don't know. That might that might not be true. I'm not going to fact check myself. Let's just go with it. <laughs> I don't think I've read all. But I was excited about this one because I just I know I like her writing style <laughs> and I thought the premise sounded kind of cute. And then when I read it, I was like, oh, there's more to this premise than what could be put on the blurb. So we're mm. going to ignore Blurbs. the blurb entirely. And you're going to bear with me because it might take a little bit to explain because it's like <laughs> okay. it's a little bit complicated, but also it works really well. So okay. one of the leads is Abby. She's almost 30. Her dream is to be a reporter, but she's working as an office admin at a magazine and she's just waiting for an opportunity. She had to raise her sister for almost a decade. And so 
you know, she's kind of like, I'm done raising kids. <laughs> I don't want to date anyone who has kids, right. which is sort of that similarity yeah. mm-hmm. you watched. Erica is the other love interest. She is a single mom. She is roughly around the same age, but she has an eight-year-old who's really, really sweet named Kayla. Last year, uh, she sent a letter to Santa, which happened to be at this, it made its way to this magazine. And she asked Santa Ah, for a second mom because her mom has to work two jobs. And she's like, well, if there was a second mom, then maybe my mom wouldn't have to work two jobs and I could see her more. So it was actually Abby's friend from college back kind of before she had to drop out to raise her sister who got her a job at this magazine. Her friend is a lifestyle reporter and she just has this like massive, massive case of writer's block and she might be boned because she sold a, this is where it gets into like, okay my world of of geeky work type stuff but she (laughs) basically sold this local restaurant group on the idea of i'll write a bunch of lifestyle pieces that showcase your restaurants and venues and you will pay the magazine a bunch of money win-win for everybody except for this writer's block what (laughs) is she gonna do and she's like um abby what the fuck am i gonna do and so they brainstorm it out and they thought, oh, do you remember that letter from that kid to Santa about the two moms? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> maybe we should do a follow up on letters to Santa. And so they do as a way to kind of get to see, well, what's up with this mom? Is she dating anyone? Can we get them to kind of go to these restaurants and we'll do a story or mm. whatever? And there's a spark there between mm-hmm. Abby and Erica because mm-hmm. Erica is not dating anyone this is where it gets a little weird though because her friend is like okay but we got to get her to date and abby's like what do you mean we got to get her to date and she's like can you just can you just ask her on a date like it doesn't have to be real and we'll get somebody to photograph it and i'm like (laughs) what um and erica doesn't think she has time to date but like abby's really cute they did seem to hit it off her mom really encourages her to go do it and so of course the question is this starts out fake can it be real it's a romance novel of course it can of course (laughs) so the thing i'm gonna get out of the way and i get that it's a bit of a spoiler but if you're an anxiety cat like me yes i'm already stressed listening to it right because that was the thing i was like is this going to be one of those books where they're going to fake date for months and then mm-hmm. erica's going to find out and she's going to feel extremely betrayed and then right. abby has to do the big ass grovel thankfully no oh my Woo. god i was so relieved they go on two fake dates and then abby and her friend stacy realize that they lost their minds with this idea <laughs> in the first place and so abby tells erica what happened who understandably is quite pissed off but i found it a relief to just like let's just get that out of there because it just is so uncomfortable whenever that process happens yes yes but what's really interesting is that that means this book shows fake dating in two ways so the first is those first two dates right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where one of them knows the other one doesn't well after abby explains this is what we were trying to do you know i'm really trying to help my friend she doesn't want to lose her job I'm hoping to eventually become a reporter. This might be a way to showcase, like, if I work with her on this, maybe I can have my dream too. And Erica thinks about it. And she's like, you know, it's not like I can date anyway. My mom's been telling me I need to have more friends. We get along really well. What if, like, you and I are friends and we go and we just do, like, a fake Mm. date? 
We do these fake dates. I get to get out of the house. We enjoy talking. Let's do that. And so that's fake okay. dating type two. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. The point. At so which. on the first two dates, there was no like kissy, huggy. There was there. There was no making out. There's actually no making out for quite a while. This is a slow okay. burn. All right. But there is definite chemistry. Okay. And there's in the second date, there's maybe some roller skating. And maybe one of them has to catch the other oh. in a way that, like, there's very nearly a kiss. And it just, mm. oh, that's it. That's one of the things with this book. The chemistry is so good. And it's there almost from the very beginning. Because it turns out that actually when they follow up on the story, it turns out Erica is the barista that Abby wasn't the nicest to. Oh. like a, a few weeks prior but that's okay because they like <laughs> work through it right. and so i actually oh. i actually have a quote just to show that on this like second encounter there's some chemistry there this is going to start with erica so thanks again it was nice to meet you again referencing that they'd met before uh, <laughs> and erica gave her a crooked grin abby laughed yeah how about that at least this time i remembered my manners when Erica laughed, her eyes sparkled, her whole posture totally relaxed for the first time in the evening, and Abby's breath caught in her throat. That laugh was the sweetest sound she'd ever heard. Aww. Thanks again for coming. Abby shook Erica's hand, noted how warm and soft it felt in hers, then blinked rapidly. Erica's eyes widened a little, and she was slow to pull her hand back. And I was like, mm. yeah, it's over. They don't know it yet. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to happen yet, but it's but going to happen. Know. I think one of the things that works really well with this one too, and that I really appreciated is there's a lot of time. So there was lots of time for the relationship to build because they actually start fake dating in summer. And we see as they go mm. on date after date through the summer, through the fall. At first I was like, wait, I thought this was a Christmas book. Cause quite a lot of it happens in the summer. And I was like, oh. oh, no, 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 it's going to come around. It's going to come around. It starts with a letter to Santa. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because it starts with a letter to Santa, this is definitely going to be a Christmas book. And by the end of it, it felt very much like a Christmas book. Mm. But having that time and space to show their connection build, they're really getting to know each other. They're, they do build a genuine friendship, even if they have pants feelings at the same time, they don't act on for a while. I thought that was pretty great. This is actually Erica's first relationship with a woman as well. And mm -hmm. I thought that the bisexual representation was handled pretty great. And it's kind of, I feel like it's a little rare at this point to see someone who's bi in a sapphic book say, hey, I'm bi. No, I haven't been with somebody before. But guess what? My bisexuality is valid. And right. The other person saying, yeah, absolutely, absolutely valid. And having that like surprise, but not disrespect, not, it was just really, um, it was really, really lovely. And the way they approached that in the sex scenes was also really lovely. And mm. I thought really believable. It was really um, handled well. Another like super minor detail, but I thought was quite cool is that in this book, when a new character is introduced, if they're white, it actually says that they're white. Because usually it's like, oh, and he was this tall, black, whatever. Like, it's usually only done for other races. Right. And the reason oh, I loved that. it here, yeah, and I, I hope we see more of it, is that it challenges the idea that white is the default in fiction. Right. 
Yeah. So like, I really love that it calls out if characters are white because the default in fiction in North America is if you don't say a race, that person is white. Unless maybe there's some kind of a racialized last name. Just by saying it like that, and it's a minor thing, it's just dropping one word. It was so like, it shook me up and I was like, oh, yes, yes, this, more of this. This is awesome. The other thing, because there's like a number of things that I just don't see very often and it was quite exciting to see, is neither of them are crushing the career that they want to have. Neither of them make very much money, quite frankly. They both, like Erica has two jobs. Abby only has one job. But again, like they live in similar small homes that they've tried Mm. to do the best they can, but it's not Mm -hmm. like they're hugely renovated or anything because- Abby had to basically single mom her sister for so long. Right. And I thought that was really interesting because often we do have like the rich girl, poor girl situation, Mm -hmm. or we do have, if they're not rich, they're at least like very comfortable. And no, these, like they take the bus. Neither Mm -hmm. of these people have a car. And just that reminder of, oh yeah, romance happens across every socioeconomic (laughs) situation. And in Erica's case, her mom lives with them too. Like they have a multi-generational living situation, which is kind of becoming the norm as housing is more and more unaffordable. So I love that all of these things were brought into this like really beautiful story. The only thing I would say that was a bit of a less awesome and probably only because I have friends that are journalists. Mm Mm-hmm is you have to believe the fact that any journalist would compromise their integrity to the point that they would invite someone on a fake date yeah. and not tell them <laughs> and have a, t- a photographer there taking photos. <laughs> and so, I mean, if you can suspend disbelief, which I think a lot of people will be able to, absolutely no mm-hmm. problem, because it has that very hallmarky vibe, awesome. If you are a journalist, just try to shut that part of your brain off. Right. I was actually talking to a friend who is a journalist and so she likes to read romance. And I was like, I, and I know what her journalistic integrity is like. And I was like, I don't know if you specifically would like this book. Most mm-hmm. of the other people in my circle that like romance, fine. It would be fine. So I think that's a highly specific might not work for some people, but I mm-hmm. think it's cute enough. The relationship development is also wonderful. All those other things I listed, like, it's just lovely. Like, if you want that warm hug, there's Mm. not, like, any big angst to it. But there is enough tension to keep it interesting. It walks that fine line so well. So if you like Christmas romances, I think this is one that is well, well, well worth checking out. Nice. That is all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed it and you haven't yet, please make sure you subscribe on your podcast app so you know when we release a new episode. If you know somebody that needs more holiday recommendations in their life, especially right now, make sure to tell them about the show. And if you do want to support us, we have links in our show notes to our coffee and our Substack. Or if you want to connect with us on your favorite social media sites, we have links in the show notes for that as well. Or you can just search for Queerly Recommended on most social media sites or email us at podcast at queerlyrecommended.com. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.